MSU men's basketball figures out who they're going to play in Big Ten competition next year, who they're going to play twice, who they're going to play just once. And then, yes, hey, it's late April. That means bracketology talk. I know, it's a sickness, but we're going to do it anyway. And then Rivals updates their newest rankings for the 2023 basketball class. And, of course, hey, we got to dive into the mailbag here at the end of the show. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast. Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. Yes, even this deep into the offseason, we're hitting you with all of the good information coming out of East Lansing. Like today, hey, we're going to be talking about Michigan State uh, and their basketball schedule coming up. The conference slate has dropped. But before getting to any of that, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel. Anyway, you are listening or watching this. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate you guys. All right, let's get to the news here. And if you're on YouTube, you're going to enjoy this because we're going to share this very nice, simple, clean graphic that Michigan State Basketball tweeted out. And if you're listening on the podcast, well, I got good news for you. We're still going to go through all of it anyway. Uh, quite simply put, all right, the Big Ten dropped. All right, what Big team? Big Ten team is going to play who next year? You get three teams that you just play at home, three that you just play away, and then the rest, the other seven, you play home and home. All right, so for the home-only games next season, Michigan State gets Iowa. They get Ohio State, and they get Rutgers. Away, the teams they will only face once, and it will be on the road, Indiana, Nebraska and Purdue. So that means that the home and home, or home and away as this graphic has, Maryland, Minnesota, Northwestern, Michigan, Illinois, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Now the actual dates of these games have not been dropped yet. We still got quite some time before that gets unveiled. But yes, that is what we are looking at for next season. So naturally, it's time to opine on it. It is time to drop some takes on this. And let's start with the away only games. Because if you are like me, you're more of a give me the bad news first kind of guy. Well, yeah, let's just start with the uh, the not fun games. The one time you get to face a team and it's going to be on the road. It goes without saying that there is a pretty glaring thing to notice here. And that is, yes, you only get Purdue once this season. And yes, it will be at Mackey Arena. All right, as it stands right now, uh, even with, you know, Zach Eady still deciding whether he wants to stay in the draft or not. It looks like Purdue will be the second team to beat in the conference right behind Michigan State. That's where it stands right now. Got a whole long way to go, still with the transfer portal, still with guys deciding if they want to come back from the NBA or stay in the NBA draft, but I digress. You get Purdue. It's going to be once at Mackey Arena, a place that Michigan State is 0-6 at since 2015. Yikes. <laughs> not, not all too fun. Uh, and also... Well, you get Indiana just once, and that is on the road as well at Assembly Hall. Uh, Michigan State kind of somewhat holding their own against Indiana since 2015. They are 3-4 and four at Assembly Hall against the Hoosiers since, but still, um, those are the two toughest places, maybe beside the Breslin Center, uh, in the Big Ten. Even, depending who you talk to, even if you do include the Breslin Center, 
yeah, Mackey Arena and Assembly Hall are the two toughest places to play in the conference, and you do not get the luxury of welcoming Purdue or welcoming Indiana to your barn this season. Oh, boy. Uh, now, Indiana, on the other hand, yeah, we just talked about Purdue. Yeah, they'll be solid this year. They're probably going to be the second, if not third, team to beat in this Big Ten. Indiana is going to be kind of in the middle of the pack. They, they've had just an okay offseason as far as transfer portal goes. Uh, they've had some big targets out there that they just wanted to miss on. But right now, uh, Joe Lenardi, that's right, we're talking about the bracketologist over at ESPN. He has Indiana as the first team out right now. So just to give you an idea of where they stand, they'll be a kind of a mediocre team, but still. Nevertheless, very hard to win. On the road in the Big Ten, especially at a place as tough as Indiana. Uh, and the third uh, away only game, Nebraska. Nebraska will be fine next year. They'll be okay next year. They'll, I think they'll compete for a tournament bid, actually. But um, last year when you won on their senior day and you spotted them 12 points at halftime and you are 5-1 and one against them at their home gym since 2015, I, I'm going to need to be shown why I need to be fearful of that game. Surely saying that won't backfire on me, but yeah, uh, that's fine, whatever. Now, the home-only games. A lot of good news with this one. Uh, hey, first and foremost, Iowa. You do not have to go to Carver-Hawkeye Arena, and I, quite personally, um, could use a few years of a break from going to Carver-Hawkeye since what happened on that fateful February Saturday not too long ago where MSU was, how much were they up? 33 points with... 20 seconds to go. Regardless, uh, you do not have to go to Carver Hawkeye Arena. That's fun. Ohio State, you only get them once next year, and it is at Breslin Center, and that's great because they're going to be solid next season. All right? They got a top 10 recruiting class. They might return. Bryce Sensabaugh, he's going to debate if he wants to stay in the NBA draft or not. Bruce Thornton, God, the guy that tuned us up pretty good in the Big Ten tournament. No one's forgotten about him. So, Ohio State, not in the tournament last year, not in the NIT last year, but they will be a solid team next season. So it's nice just to get them once and at Breslin Center. And then third, hey, you know what? Rutgers, we are not going to be facing you at the rack. Thank goodness you only uh, face the Scarlet Knights once. That'll be at Breslin Center. Now for the home and homes. Uh, okay, you know what? Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, and Penn State. Those are four teams according to BartTorvik.com, uh, that are going to be the four bottom teams in the Big Ten. So you can take a lot of solace knowing that, hey, the four teams that the metrics uh, you know, assume will be the bottom four in the conference will be teams that you get to play a combined eight times. Uh, and look, I always like playing Michigan twice, um, You know, whether they're good or they're bad. I They had that one weird year not too long ago where they just faced off once during the regular season, and that's not right. Uh, you got to have these protected rivalries, make sure you are facing off two times a season, and that continues as well this year. And I also feel the same uh, like that about Wisconsin as well. There's a pretty good rivalry between Michigan State, between Wisconsin as well. Pretty two evenly matched teams. So, yeah, it's nice to see that. Well, okay, we're going to face the uh, Badgers twice, the Wolverines twice. And not just because, you know, they'll be eh, not so good. That You can only say that about one team, actually. It's just Michigan. Right now, as it stands, where they're not going to be looking too hot next year. Wisconsin will be a solid team. But, yeah, uh, I, you know, you can't complain too much about what we saw from the Big Ten. I mean, it, you get a lot of good breaks, but yeah, the two tough breaks are at Indiana and then at Purdue because I, I know it was 10 years ago that we won at Mackey Arena. Uh, it might as well have been 30 years ago. It's a very faint memory to me. So there you have it. That's the news of the day. Now, 
If I could be selfish and talk about something that is completely irrelevant, something that no one that has a sane mind should even be worried about, we'll step right in and let's talk about some bracketology. That's right, in late April. Who doesn't want to talk about what's going to go on next March? 11 months away from when it actually happens, well, hey, I sure do want to talk about it, and I think you'll like to hear what Joe Lenardi has to say. All right, so he updated his bracketology, and your Michigan State Spartans, they have gotten that dream pairing for the first two rounds, and then the regional round, that's right, they're going to be the one seed, according to Joe Lenardi, they're going to be starting their tournament in Indianapolis, they'll take on the winner of New Orleans, or, or uh, Wagner, Wagner, <laughs> Wagner, Wagner in the 16 game, and then the 8-9 game would be Iowa State and Providence, uh, and more importantly, they are the one seed in the Detroit region, that's right, next year, I'm sure a lot of you already know, but if you need a refresher, those Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games, they will be going on at Little Caesars Arena. Uh, the other sites for the regionals uh, will be Los Angeles. There's going to be one in Dallas and then one in Boston as well. But as far as the round of 64 and round of 32 games, Indianapolis is the best place for Michigan State to go. The other cities, Brooklyn, Memphis, Spokane, Charlotte, Salt Lake City, Omaha, and Pittsburgh. Next year, if you want to book flights to all eight of those locations, just in case that's where MSU goes. Uh, just a quick note here, the other one seeds for Joe Lenardi's first bracketology, uh, it's Duke. They are the number one overall seed, according to Joe Lenardi. And of course, hey, Michigan State will be facing Duke very early next year in the Champions Classic. And they might be facing one of the other two one seeds, Marquette or UConn, the reigning national champs, as well because, hey, the Gavit games between the Big Ten and the Big East are going down. And I would I would bet a pretty penny that Michigan State is either going to get that Marquette rematch or they will be facing UConn. Uh, Tom Izzo is going to be begging he gets either one of those two teams. Of course, he wants the toughest schedule possible. And I'm sure the networks would really appreciate the ratings that they would get around a Michigan State versus Marquette or a Michigan State versus UConn game. So there you have it. We're going to see a lot of one seeds early on this year is my assumption. All right, now let's get into it a little bit more after this short, short little break here. But first, I just need to talk your ear off about Built Bar. That's right, gang. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and all the calories, well, oh, do I got the protein bar for you? It's Built. You have got to try it for three reasons. Reason number one, they're going to treat your taste buds with nothing but the utmost respect. These are wrapped in 100% real dark chocolate. If you like the Built Puffs, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow, those are my personal favorite. They are so delightful and taste better than a candy bar. The second reason they take care of you is they're going to be great on the body. Most of these Built Bars are just 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, but yet a whopping 17 grams of protein. You're going to feel that power. You're not going to feel weighed down with all the sugar and all the calories like your old protein bar you used to eat. Mm -mm, not with Built. And the third way they take care of you is just with convenience. Hey, let's say that Built.com isn't convenient enough for you. Let's say you're, you're running an errand, you're at Walmart or you're at Sam's Club. You can get a specialty flavor box. That's right, at the pharmacy section of Walmart or Sam's Club. Or hey, if you're old-fashioned, just head over to Built.com to stock up on those Built bars. All right, let's get into it. Rivals. That's right, they have updated their 2023 boys basketball recruiting rankings. And there's some movement going on for our Michigan State Spartans. Uh, some up, some down. But at the very end, uh, 
Things are still looking more than okay for next year's class, but hey, it's the offseason. This is one of the most fun things to talk about, especially in the world of recruiting. So let's get into the numbers here of all the changes that happened over at Rivals. Also, how you know it compares to other sites as well, but right now, Xavier Booker. Yes, the cream of the crop of this class. He has slid down uh, to number 15. So, okay, still at the end of the day, a five-star recruit. Slid down from 9 to 15. Uh, this was the site, actually, Rivals, that had Xavier Booker rated as high as number one late in the summer when he committed to the 2023 class. But at the end of the day... Look, still a top 15 recruit. Jeremy Fears, uh, he moved down from 26 back to 35. That is, of course, as you already may know, the second McDonald's All-American in this class from Michigan State. Xavier Booker being the other one. So he is at 35. Cohen Carr. All right, this is your seismic shift in the right direction for Michigan State. He was ranked at 94 in the country. And anyone... Probably that scene, either, God, even just 20 seconds of his highlight film, probably knew that 94 was too low of a ranking. And the fine folks at Rivals were some of those people as well. He shot up from 94 all the way to 32. That's right, he's now, according to Rivals, the second highest ranked commit in this Michigan State class. And then Garrick Norman, uh, he is at 80 right now. So still a top eight, sorry, top 100 kid. That is four top 100 kids for Michigan State. Uh, Garrick Norman, the highest he got during this whole Rivals roller coaster, uh, was as high as 48 back in August, but right now sitting at a smooth 80. Um, now, of course, Got some comments on that. I know, imagine that. I have some comments on Michigan State things. Uh, right now, hey, you know what? The Xavier Booker thing. I know that you know people have seen this slipping in the wrong direction here, but let me say it for a third, if not fourth time. I've already lost count. Still a top 15 kid. And if you have listened to any other podcast episode in the last month where we've talked about next year's recruiting class, you know my thoughts on Xavier Booker. Uh, yeah, hey, I'm very excited about him. Let's not get it twisted. This is going to be... A fantastic class coming into Michigan State. A top five class, according to rivals, going into Michigan State. Uh, but I, I, he is rated that high because of his ceiling, of course. And I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record if this is your third or fourth time hearing me say this. But next year, I don't think he's going to come in and be a 21-point, 11-rebound sort of guy. I, I think he could potentially be coming off the bench, especially with the return of Malik Hall. And we've talked about this too when Malik Hall announced his return, that okay, if Xavier Booker really is him right off the bat, then, well, Izzo does have a history of having those seniors take a back seat to younger talent. So, no, I'm not saying that Xavier Booker is going to come off the bench just because Malik Hall came back, but Malik Hall, where he is at 23 years old, Probably a little more reliable, probably a little more polished, probably a little more sound defensively than Xavier Booker is right now. Now, he is rated that high. He still is a five-star guy because of his ceiling. He has a good shooting stroke. He is very rangy. He's already showing good post-presence with blocks in the paint, but just needs to get that motor up, needs to tighten things up defensively, especially in a Tom Izzo system. So here is why I think like yeah, maybe him sticking around for two years isn't the craziest thing in the world. And it sounded crazy back when he was ranked number one, maybe even in the top ten. But when he gets back down to like that 15 ranking according to Rivals, or even outside of Rivals too, like 24-7 has him rated number 10. ESPN, just like Rivals, also has him ranked top 15, squarely at number 15. It could be a project here. So like let's just all be patient. And I'm... I, I, repeatedly saying this 
to just give a PSA to everyone that, like, just a little bit of patience maybe with Xavier Booker. Like, if we get into the end of December and he's just sitting at eight and a half points a game, six rebounds, you know, just one block, like, I, that's probably fine. Because, like, I, I don't think this is as polished of a kid coming straight in that's almost there at his ceiling. Still think he's got a way to go, but yeah, I, I hope that makes sense to uh, the, the folks out there about recruiting that. Sometimes you are rated just based on who you can be one day, and I think Xavier Booker will be a fantastic player one day. Hopefully he hits the ceiling uh, you know, in his freshman year, but if not, maybe that sophomore year wouldn't help. Uh, going on to Jeremy Fears, not a lot to say about him. Uh, this is the kid I'm most jazzed about in the class. I mean... Don't get it twisted. It is a really, really close race for first place, and I guarantee uh, every fan you talk to will have a different answer. But for me, personally, it's Jeremy Fears. I think he's going to be an incredible point guard here at a program that just has a history of sensational point guard play. But yeah, he does it well at both ends. Great distributor of the ball. He's working on that shooting stroke, and based on what we saw at the McDonald's All-American game, this may sound very silly because he didn't make a jumper, but... Based on where he was his junior year and some sophomore year tape too, like that jumper just looks a lot more smooth than what it was. I know that sounds ridiculous, but look, I, as long as it's looking silky at least off release, then you could work with that. He's trending in the right direction there. But, of course, he's got a lot more of a uh, dog to him defensively. Uh, just great at finding open teammates as well, and that's what you want out of your point guard. Now, Cohen Carr who, just like Eric Norman, will be playing in the Ball is Life All-American game, shoots up in the top 40 rankings and just an athletic menace, just a demon. We've all seen the dunk highlights, whether it's that dunk contest that he won over the Final Four weekend down in Houston, or if it's just in-game stuff, but yeah, his motor seems endless. Uh, it Yeah, I mean, God, this is uh, a kid that a lot of other people are thrilled to have at Michigan State, but yeah, Rivals has him. Sitting there at 32. ESPN has him even higher rated at 24 and then 24-7 sports. Uh, has him scooted a little back at 42. And then Garrick Norman uh, sitting there at 80. ESPN has him unranked and 24-7 has him at a 93. But this is a kid that, you know, by his third year here, I think is going to be a really solid player. And up before that third year, I, I think he's going to have meaningful minutes here off the bench. He does have a good shooting stroke. He does have that sneaky athleticism. You know, that we talk about with those kind of players. Uh, he can throw down dunks, uh, you know, over people as well. But this is all to say he's got a good shooting stroke. He's a solid wing defender, sneaky athlete from Texas. We've used this comparison before. A lot of other Michigan State media members have used this comparison before. But it's a Matt McQuaid 2.0 walking into East Lansing. Almost had the same uh, rankings, too, coming out of high school. So, yeah, you could expect a good career out of Garrick Norman as well. Now... We're going to put a bow on this talk with this little fun fact right here. Rivals, even with their re-rankings, uh, even with a little bit of a slide for Booker, a little bit of a one for Fears, but a, a sensational rise, uh, we'll just call it that, for Cohen Carr. MSU, out of all the Big Ten teams next year, has the three best prospects going into the season. All right, Xavier Booker, Cohen Carr, Jeremy Fears are all ranked ahead of the next highest Big Ten ranked, which would be Devin Royal. He is ranked somewhere in the 40s. Michigan State was after him, but he committed to Ohio State. So, yes, you got to go down to four players before you reach a Big Ten player. That is not a Spartan, and that's just the way we like it around here. So, there you have it. That is the Rivals re-ranking shuffle. All right.
Mailbag time. Locked on Spartans at gmail.com. Or if you ever want to reach out, Sheehan underscore sports on Twitter as well. And we are going to start with something that Brad LaPlante, yes, of Spartans Illustrated, he uncovered before the weekend rolled around, actually. So we've had time to sit on this, is that Wikipedia. Yes, that's right. Wikipedia, they are the future uh, futuristic fortune tellers here. Because they have the, uh, the results of the MSU versus Michigan rivalry from here until 2035. That's right. They got their next 12 outcomes of this Paul Bunyan matchup. And there's a lot of bad news here. They expect Michigan State to go 3-9 and nine against the Michigan Wolverines here. Now, again, um, this was, of course, just one person that went in and edited a bunch of this. But, hey, let's have some offseason fun here. Uh, this does turn into a mailbag question. Amongst the three wins, let's just talk about those three fun wins here. It will be in 2026 as number four Michigan State wins on Halloween 31-27. In 2028, number six Michigan State wins in late September 27-14. And then in 2030... That's right, my goodness gracious. Number 13 ranked Michigan State wins 28-24. to We had a nice little Twitter question here. This is from Ryan. He always asks good questions, and he turned this into a mailbag question. He wrote, Would you accept this hypothetical next 12 years of results in the rivalry if each year we beat U of M, we also win the Big Ten title, and in one of those years we also win a national title? Instant answer is yes, of course. Literally anything can happen in the next 12 years. As long as I'm promised one national title, I will blindly, blindly sign up for it. Um, I tell people today, like, I'm still running on fumes from that Rose Bowl victory that happened at this point a decade ago. Uh, one national title will sustain me the rest of my life. But let's just take away the national title. Let's say, would you take these results? Just three wins over those squirrely Wolverines in the next 12 years. If it just meant that those three years, we also go on to the Big Ten title and also win the Big Ten title. I would say absolutely positively yes still. I, I would. Um, now, catch me in 2035 when it's been our fifth straight year of losing to the Wolverines. I might regret what I'm saying now, but no, in the moment, uh, let's see, uh, that would be three Big Ten titles. In the next seven years, I mean, God, coming off a five and seven season, I'd be Looney Tunes to say no to, wouldn't it? <laughs> but man, even after the Peach Bowl year, I really think I'd still say yes to three out of the next seven. The Big Ten is getting competitive now. It's not just Ohio State rolling through everyone. Like Michigan is clearly the big boy in town right now, as much as we hate to say it. But hey, it's not going to be a walkthrough again this year. Like Ohio State, still a good team. I think very highly of Penn State and Drew Aller, actually, their new quarterback, the former five-star kid. I think that that's going to add for even more competition. And then, oh yeah, that's right, USC and UCLA are coming into the fold as well. It is going to be a dogfight here for the next 12-plus years. And so, yes, if I can pocket three Big Ten titles in the next 12 years, 100% I do. Uh, you could have your nine wins against us, Wolverines. That's fine. But, man, amongst those games, really got my eye on 2026. Number four ranked Michigan State. Holy smokes. God, I, oh, someone pinched me. I must be dreaming there. So, yeah, thank you very much for flipping that into a mailbag question. Ryan and Brad LaPlante, shout out to him for discovering that and posting that on Twitter as well. Now let's get to another mailbag question here. This one comes from... Anthony, that's right. We're going to keep it with football. What position group are you most excited to see in action next fall? For me, it would be the offensive line. I actually think they will be a pretty serviceable group. And yes, that's exciting, writes Anthony. 
I got to side with you here. Uh, definitely excited for the offensive line. They're going to be experienced. They're going to be skillful. Another year under Coach Cap, under their belt. So that's going to be exciting. But for me, I got a few written down. I, I couldn't just answer this easily and just give you one position group. Of course, I had to be annoying about this. But before I answer that directly, I want to say the group I'm most anxious to see. Um, when I hear the word excited, that means you know I expect great things from them. But right now, there is one group that I want to look for in these first few games but that's just because like i don't know if they're gonna be like actually good or if this group of the nickel and safety position is going to be something we watch for because well they'll actually be good now look dylan tatum malik spencer Jaden mangum all right these are three names that we know because well they got a lot of playing time last year now was that because they were good i mean yeah they had some good flashes last year they showed a lot of good promise especially from such a young group but also let's not kid ourselves they also had to play because everyone on the field especially on the on the defensive side of the ball was dying last year all right they had to get repetitions because well you had to field 11 bodies out there and when it's time for the true freshman to step up well hey Dylan Tatum come right on down Jaden Mangum hey strap him up bud get out here so I'm interested to see if all right in their sophomore years coming up if this is going to be hey they're playing as sophomores because they are this good they did get that much experience last year or is it that they're playing and we're just talking ourselves into them being good just because they are familiar names kind of out of necessity last year and there's not really a whole lot of depth behind them so that's the group I'm most anxious to see but as far as Anson Anthony's questions of most excited to see for me it's got to be the defensive line and that's going to be a popular answer uh, offensive line of course will be a popular answer as well but man this defensive line of Chris Bogle uh, Tumisi Adelaide uh, Simeon Barrow and Derek Harmon just those two guys if you really want to zoom in on just one position group just the interior defensive line it might just be Simeon Barrow and Derek Harmon. Um, or 8-Ball, as um, Dylan Tatum called him not too long ago. I love that nickname for Simeon Barrow. 8-Ball, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, so I got to go with the defensive line right there. Even, you know, with the depth pieces too. Like we saw Avery Dunn have some good moments last year. Maverick Hansen as well. They shored up some depth with uh, Dre Butler and Jarrett Jackson in the transfer portal as well. But yeah, I got to go defensive line next year. I think that interior of Simeon Barrow and Derek Harmon will be... On that first tier of defensive linemen in the Big Ten, I, I don't think that's a super homer thing to say. I, I think they will be in the top four of the conference for defensive line play. So let's just hope they stay healthy and you know keep wrecking the guys uh, up the middle here. Uh, and on offense, too, I do want to remark, um, I do want to include another offensive position group here, and it is running back. I, I am excited for running back, namely just because of what they got in the transfer portal. Um, yes, Jalen Berger, I, I think is fine. I've said it time and time again. I think he really came along good at the end of next season. I expect another solid year out of him coming up. But, man, Nathan Carter is, I think, such a step up from what you had last year, especially from the guys that left this offseason. And this is no disrespect to Eli Collins. I, I Very much of an Eli Collins fan, you know. But I think that Nathan Carter on the field is going to be a step up from what you got from him. All right, just from explosiveness, from his power, his vision and decision-making too. And then Jarek Broussard, look, it's safe to say that that's probably not the season that we were all hoping to get out of him. And, you know, I think Jarek would agree with that as well. Whether it be health-wise or just what he was able to do when he was on the field, I think that Jaron Mangum, the transfer running back from South Florida by way of Colorado, and then Nathan Carter out of UConn. I think just swapping those two guys for Jarek Broussard and Eli Collins, like, I... 
I, th I think that's a pretty considerable step up for a position group that really, really could have used some help last year. So, yeah, I'm going to throw in the running backs there as well. So thank you very much for those questions. Um, and, again, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com if you ever want to reach out with any question. Lord knows in the offseason – we're starving for any questions. I mean, we're, we're not going to be shy about it. We're not going to lie. Yeah, no, questions are always welcome. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. And also Sheehan underscore sports on Twitter. Um, tomorrow, we will be joined by Tyler Fornes. He is an NFL draft guru. He's going to be talking Jaden Reed. We're talking Bryce Berenger. And then what other guys on Michigan State's roster do he think will get drafted or be priority undrafted free agent targets? Great conversation with him. That will be tomorrow to get you ready for the NFL draft. Keep it here. Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white, five days a week. Love you all. Go green.